This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome into Brewcast Show on the Amazing Brew Podcast Network. Luke Giardi here with you, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. And we're in the month of March. Regular season has wrapped up as we head into tournament time. We got a lot of hoops to talk about here today. But guys, uh, how are we doing here this week? Pretty good, all things considered. Uh, the college basketball regular season, which for as many up and downs as there were for the team that we discuss and the team that we cover, um, it's kind of hard to believe it's we're in conference tournament week now. And then you know, this time next week, we'll be talking brackets on this show. So, yeah, uh, everything is going good, all things considered. Michigan baseball comes home this upcoming weekend. Spring football starts up here next couple weeks or so. Um, yeah, every, everything is uh, everything's looking up for old Gil. Chris, how you doing, man? I saw you took in the uh, Sparty Senior Night, enjoying uh, a little college hoops, eh? Yes, that was uh, a very fun time. And and that is something that at some point, maybe not in this show, but uh, may, probably at the end of the season, I will want to address kind of the, the sharp contrast uh, regarding the environments between Breslin and oh, Chrysler. Did- we can it's talk fun. about it now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, I, I well, I, I have a whole spiel about it, but I will just say that um, I'll reiterate some of what I said in my post game. I think that Chrysler, with the help of uh, obviously Beeline, what he did and the, the program uh, rebuilding that program kind of from the ground up, as well as, and I know this guy's a much maligned figure, but Dave Brandon put a lot of money into renovating Chrysler. And I think as in terms of a facility, Chrysler is a wonderful uh, high-tech arena. I th- I think you could even make the strong argument that if, on the outside, uh, you know, outside of the seats and the stadium itself, it is every bit, if not better, than Breslin. Uh, Environment-wise, and Anth- you've talked about Anthony, you've talked about this a little bit as well. Uh, it is lacking, and I think that a lot is going to have to change here going forward if we believe that Michigan basketball can get to the heights that it needs to get to, I think there needs to be a shift in how we view, not by we, I I don't mean the three of us, but I just mean in general, the fan base, how we view this basketball program, because I think that there's been too much success at, at Michigan between 2011 to 2019. And you can include this year as well uh, for it to be as average of an environment as it is. You know, if this team was constantly hurling gutter balls every season, it'd be one thing, but we've seen championships and we've seen final fours and we've seen, uh, you know, I'm not national championship. I meant big 10 championships and we've seen final fours, but uh, so it, maybe it's unfair to compare it to Breslin, which is a environment and a program that has pretty much seen 25 years almost of unprecedented success. This is now their 10th, Big Ten Championship in 25 years, but that is going to be the measuring stick going forward for for these two programs in terms of environment and culture. 
Yeah, I can't speak to the uh, environment. I actually think the last game I went to at Chrysler was Nick Stauskas' sophomore season when they beat Indiana and they cut down the nets afterward because they were outright Big Ten champs. I think that was the last game uh, that I went to, actually. So I don't know. It, it hasn't been. What, what would you describe the atmosphere in Chrysler like? Well, I mean, I would. Well, well, I, here's here's. Do you, let me take this first. Yeah, go ahead. I've, yeah. Um, I think, and I've gotten into, I won't say trouble with fans on Twitter, but I think I've been a little, maybe a little too out. I won't say mean, I don't know how to describe it, but people have been kind of taking offense to me saying that Chrysler's not a great environment and that it's not all that loud. Listen, when it is rocking and when it is loud, because I've been, I was there for, you know, I've been there pretty much every home game the last three years, the North Carolina game last year, um, a couple of those Michigan State games, a couple of those Ohio State games are some of the loudest, most hyped environments in any sporting venue I've ever been in. So the potential is there. Uh, I think that I just think in general, and I don't know if it's and I'm not criticizing the fan base, but it isn't it is a fan base. Let's just call it what it is that skews a little bit older. The people that yeah. uh, I, I think a lot of people that are in those lower bowl seats at Chrysler are the ones that get mad at people for standing during games at the big house and, and the big house again, obviously it's, it's the biggest venue in college football. You know, that, that has the potential to get very loud and it has been loud in games. I've been there, but more often, I, I don't think teams are afraid to come play at Michigan. Now you look at just this game on Sunday, they go play at Maryland. That's one of the tougher road environments in the conference. And I think a lot of, you know, the, the constant and, and Chris, you can attest to this being at Breslin on Sunday I think the biggest difference and I think the the toughest places to play are the ones that have the best student sections. And the Izone yeah. is as good a student section as I've I've ever seen. And they surround the entire lower bowl. Right. Or, or at least, you know, they it circles the lower bowl. Whereas the Maze Rage and those those kids are um they're hype, they they get loud, they they do their part. They've got maybe what the first five or six rows behind the benches and then they put the rest of them up in the upper deck. I just, I think there's more that can be done there. Um, I'm not calling anyone, anyone a bad fan for not standing up and cheering throughout the right. game, but there are times this year when, and let's call it what it is. This Michigan was a 500 team in conference play, which that's, that kind of speaks to a little bit what you are. Um, I think that the environment sort of reflected that. I don't think anyone that came in to play in Chrysler this year, was all that intimidated being there. And I think it's been that way a little bit in the past, but it's just not a, I think Michigan really should take a look at that because as you bring in these, and listen, by default, I think it's going to improve when you have a much more exciting basketball team. When right. your guys are, when your guys are bricking 26 threes a game, that's not very That's more conducive to groans than it is cheers. Um, maybe next year when you have more talent guys that can go get their own buckets and things like that. Hey, it's not a hot take. You score more, you're going to win more. And when you score and win more, people are going to cheer more. So right. um, I'm not going to knock it too much, but I do think there's more on Michigan's end that they can do to enhance the the atmosphere. Right. And, and just kind of last point, adding on to that, uh, where you said, you know, you don't want to be too mean or call anybody out. And it's a weird thing because it's not, I agree with you because it's not one particular fan or group of fans or people's faults. Like it's not 
Juwan or the players or or even any individual fans. It's just, I think, a, a culture thing that kind of needs to change here for, for it to get really rocking and really going. Yeah, and, and let me say this, and this is not – I know the, the, the popular meme on the internet is, oh, we're a basketball school now. You know what? To be frank with you, as fun as the basketball team has been, you're not a basketball school. No, and they never will be. No, I mean, really. So you, they never will be, but I don't agree. And, and I know you don't either. I don't agree with the idea that some people share that this has to be Bama, that this has to be Clemson, which are programs that don't, they don't even pretend to care about basketball. I, I, I think right. there is, and, and not to mention the schools I just said are championship caliber football programs that have won natties and have been to the playoff and have had Heisman Trophy winners, you know, or, or at least in Clemson's case, guys that have come close. Uh, Michigan's going 9-4 and four every year. Uh, that's the most frustrating part is there's been too much success here for it to be the the average environment that it is. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't blame fans for that at all. Um, no. Because I think the people that do come um, support it. But, I mean, I'll be honest, they played – I don't know, 16, 17, I can't even, you know, 17, 18, 19 home games this year, whatever it was. And in two thirds of them, at least the place was 60 to 75% full. So, right. you know, a lot of times, you know, we talk about the environment, you know, the, if, if you, and the thing is the tickets are expensive too. I, that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, even secondary market. I mean, there were, I know people for some of the non-conference games against the no-name teams, they were looking at paying 40, 50 bucks a ticket to sit in the nosebleeds. And that's, that's a, a conversation for a different day that, but it's, you know, it's a factor too. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, the atmosphere that was there this year, uh, like Michigan state, Breslin has had 25 years to build itself into right. what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, even with as successful as Michigan has been, I mean, over the last 15 years or so, three, four, five of those years were really only years where you had an elite, elite team. So, you know, if it if it just if it becomes a trend where every year you're kind of in the mix, it will improve on its own as well. So I'm not concerned about it, but um, it is striking when when you go. I mean, teams couldn't win on the road for a Big Ten in, in the wild this year, but then it seemed like nobody was having problems coming into Chrysler and and winning games kind of in that that lull they had in the middle of the season. So right. uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, we probably went longer on this than we intended to, but um, like I said, uh, Breslin's a great college basketball venue, and it's cool that you got to take that in. Uh, maybe not entirely as a neutral party, but uh, as a fan of sports in general, which is cool. Right. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the season, and as we look forward, you know, I think the good news is now for Michigan, they're through Big Ten play, and they're through the grind of the Big Ten. And, you know, we can say what you want. I I don't know. The the Big Ten is kind of watered down to me at this point, and I know that sounds, I don't know, like crazy or sour grapes or something. I don't know. I don't really care. Since they went to 20 regular season games, since the teams had 14 teams in the conference, it's kind of it's been meh. I, I feel like it doesn't mean what it used to. You know, we got three teams at the top, one of which, and I'm not taking anything away from Wisconsin, but Wisconsin was able to kind of climb back in after horrendous start uh, to the season. It, it just feels like the conference is kind of watered down into conference play. I think uh, we're gonna show we're gonna see the strength 
of the Big Ten come tournament time. And that might be a little hot take. I know a lot of people are like, oh, we don't expect, you know, we could see the Big Ten lose every team in the first week, and it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think that's the case uh, in this sense. I think there's a lot of strong teams in this conference, and I think the grind got to a lot of them. I think that's why we saw Michigan State go into a lull. I think that's why we saw Michigan go into a lull. Pretty much every team in the conference had some sort of bad stretch. Maryland down the stretch of the season until they played Michigan was not playing good basketball. I think the Big Ten Conference is going to show out a little bit in the uh, in the NCAA tournament, and I think Michigan falls under that category considering what they did in the non-conference and the fact that they're pretty good on a neutral court. So when you guys look forward, I know Michigan finished, what, ninth? You know, they're the ninth seed in the, in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, but going into this tournament, going to Indy, uh, I, I kind of like, I'm excited to see how this Michigan team kind of steps up now that we're through the grind of the season. Yeah, it's interesting because for as – let me just say this. I can't feel – like the ending of this – let me compare it to this. This Big Ten season to me was the basketball version of I Am Legend where I was into it for almost the entire thing. And then the ending, I'm just like, eh. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I get I'm, that. I mean, for for as much chaos as there was throughout the year and, and – to, to be sitting here today, we have three Big Ten champions. Two of them were two teams that we felt were going to be in it regardless, and Wisconsin kind of came out of nowhere, which is a cool story. And Greg Gard absolutely deserved to win Big Ten Coach of the Year. No question. Um, for that. I, I think that's super impressive. Um, but it just, like you said, I don't know if it's the 20 games. I don't know if it's three-way champion, but it, it just kind of feels like after all that, we're like, eh, okay. But, I mean, the book is kind of out on that until we see how they do in the tournament. And, and I know people are down on the Big Ten because there was so much parity this year. Ken Palm loves the Big Ten. I mean, there are are still a number of teams in, like, the top 30. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see four or five teams in the Sweet 16 out of this conference. I think that what you see out of the Big Ten in general is – a lot of well-coached teams and a lot of battle-tested teams. A lot of teams that are, you know, you take a team like Michigan, for example. We've seen them win in shootouts. We've seen them win rock fights. We've seen them win ugly. We've seen them win pretty. We've seen them win without starters. We've seen them win with a full load of players. And and maybe it's maybe just maybe. Um, and you look like you look at a guy like John Teske too, who never really regained his form when he lost it this season. He's a guy, him and Xavier Simpson are two guys where they're the two winningest players in the history of Michigan basketball. And they've been here before. And maybe once they get into this quick breakneck tournament style of play, maybe it's just muscle memory for them. If those two guys, like we know what Xavier Simpson is, but if John Teske starts playing well out of nowhere, that's, I mean, that's huge for this team. Um, so like I said, uh, I, I still can't get a read on <laughs> I, I still can't get a read on on who is actually legitimately a contender when the big tent when the big dance comes around I think you look at this big 10 tournament bracket I think outside of the teams playing on Wednesday and then maybe Purdue I could see any of these teams winning the big 10 tournament and I think Chris you and I may have talked about this last week this is where getting that double buy was going to be so important because you look at these teams kind of punching each other out those first two days. Um, you know, you're Wisconsin, like Michigan and Rutgers are going to play a physical basketball game on Thursday. Right. 
and then you then you're Wisconsin. You're the one seed. You're gonna get whoever survives that, you know, dogfight or, or whatever you want to call it, and you're gonna get to play them at noon the next day. Bro. That's an advantage, obviously. So I, I think the top half of the bracket is literally at like I think Michigan is in much better shape at number nine than like Ohio State or Penn State are at number six. And it's not yeah. even a question. Yeah, because it's one of those things now, like like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose Thursday against Rutgers. It's hard yeah. to beat a team three times. Right. Um, you look at if they're able to do that, is you play Wisconsin on, on Friday. Is Wisconsin going to be able to shoot the lights out like they were able to against you again? I don't know. The odds are kind of against that. And then you look at that other half of the top part of the bracket, um, You've already beaten Iowa once. Iowa's not going to lose on Thursday. I don't see that happening. But you've already beaten Iowa this year. Um, Illinois, should you get to Saturday and play, let's just say you get to Saturday and play Illinois, they've beaten you twice again. It's the tough to beat a team three times in one year. Obviously, Michigan State did it to Michigan last year, so we've seen it happen. But, I mean, you look at this bracket for Michigan, um, and I think I believe they're the lowest seeded team to ever win the Big Ten tournament at, as a number eight in that 2017 year. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're I, I don't I don't know if I've ever seen a path as a nine where you're like they they might play into Saturday here. Um, and on, honestly, like if things break the right way, we already saw it in the Bahamas. Like they they could they have potential to play into Sunday, but they also given how they played the last four or five games defensively. They could get popped on Thursday too. It, so I still honestly, honestly, if teams just don't shoot the lights out, and I, uh, Anthony, you kind of made this point on Twitter. You know, when we were talking about, we were tweeting through the game yesterday, asking about the defense. I, I think a couple of those were open. Uh, a few that come to mind were like the corner three off the offensive rebound. Uh, Franz leaving his hand down on the on the three like that's a wide open shot for a college player at the top of the key if you don't got your hand up and then the step back on Brooks but like some of those are difficult shots especially that step back like if teams like Wisconsin shot the lights out you guys mentioned um Maryland just went crazy uh even Nebraska shot pretty well against Michigan it's like if they don't like if teams aren't shooting great against Michigan in this tournament, like I could see them. I wouldn't be surprised if they play Sunday, like judging what the top half of the bracket looks like. Now, that obviously could all change. They could lose to Rutgers very easily. But right. if Michigan, if Michigan makes a run to Sunday in the championship game, like I'm not going to be shocked by it in the least. Uh, yeah, the, only, the only thing that would truly shock me if it was like Purdue went on a run um, and any of those yeah. went if any of those Wednesday teams one on Thursday, I'd be kind of surprised. But other than that, I I have no idea. Yeah, I, I mean, I get all your guys' points. I, I'm probably, per usual, a little bit less optimistic just because, okay, yes, you guys bring up the points about how Michigan's had several games where teams have shot the lights out of the ball. That's fair. Michigan also hasn't done themselves any favors. I mean, yesterday, uh, the Wisconsin one, sure, bit of a mirage. Wisconsin's played at a really high level over the last month or so. But, like, yesterday... Maryland hit some tough shots. They were also getting some wide open layups and wide open dunks, lapses mm-hmm. defensively. They scored 41 points in the first half. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that what I worry about with this basketball team, and I alluded to it yesterday, and Ant, you, Anthony, you brought up the point of, you know, they have at points this year won games and shootouts. They've won games and slugfests. 
in a single game, I could see this Michigan team railing off one, two wins in a tournament. And it's a weird, it's a weird draw and a pretty good draw because the number one seed, I think everyone almost unanimously agrees, is at best the third best team in this conference, which is right. a very strange draw. Um, but I, I worry outside of the Bahamas, which we've kind of acknowledged. You know, they they played in somebody's garage for a you know a, a three day stretch. <laughs> And they shot the lights out of the ball. They played unbelievable basketball, and they beat Gonzaga, um, who is still, you know, that's still a, just a remarkable win, a, a dominant win, early on in the season. Besides Creighton that, game too. What's people that? Forget about, people forget about the Creighton game too. They're number seven in this poll. Exactly right. That that was a that was a huge one at home. A second game of the year, you know, and it kind it kind of goes to show how early on in the season there's no such thing as a a a, a bad win. Because you never know how these teams are going to turn out. I mean, if you would have sa- said four months ago that the North Carolina win was going to be bu- viewed as kind of a workmanlike uh, victory and the Creighton win was going to be viewed as an overwhelming success, I think a lot of people would have thought that that was a bit crazy. Uh, I just think this team in general right now for postseason play, and look, weirder things have happened. You talk about John Teske, if he gets hot. I brought this up last week. You know, Zach Irvin was really getting on people's nerves his last year and a half here. He turned it on big time in his uh, in that Big Ten tournament and then the NCAA tournament changed his entire legacy. Maybe that will happen with Teske, but I just worry right now about this team's uh, consistency. And when you really break it down, this is not a bad basketball team by any means. In fact, they've had a fairly solid year and as much of a roller coaster, roller coaster season as this has been, they've kind of ended up exactly where a lot of us expected them to be. But when you really break it down, I don't know if they do one thing particularly amazing that you can rely on them to do in a three, four game stretch in a in a conference tournament or an NCAA tournament. You know, you look back at 2013, 2014, great shooting teams. The last couple of years, great defensive teams. This team has won games in shootouts, they've won games in slugfests, but I've never I just I don't see the consistency here for them to be able to pull off three, four really good games in a row and win or make a deep run in a tournament. Obviously the Bahamas kind of being the anomaly, an anomaly and an exception there. I, so my thing is I, I, I don't know if this is technically, you know, doing a great thing and I didn't necessarily see it yesterday against Maryland, but one thing that I do think they do very well, I don't know if they do it great is they have an ability to get good looks. They have a very uncanny ability to get wide open shots. The problem is they don't really make those open right. shots, you know? <laughs> so, and that's, that's the thing, Chris, you are absolutely right. They're not consistent. Like when they went on that five game win streak, as soon as Isaiah livers returned, when they beat state and they led pretty much wire to wire in that one, remember they throttled, Indiana ran them right off the court, man. They won a slugfest against Rutgers on the road. They went to Purdue and won. Like they're capable of getting hot, whether they do it here or not. And that's the thing: the consistency is a question. Which team shows up? Michigan, uh, that's good or bad. Michigan, quite honestly, they could either lose to Rutgers or make a run to Sunday or anywhere in between. And literally, literally not a single scenario would surprise me here in this big 10 tournament. Yeah, I I would pretty much agree with that. And I was going to say the ability, 
I'm pretty confident, like Chris, you asked, like, what are we confident that they could do in the span of a couple game stretch instead of the vacuum of one game? They will get good shot looks or good, good looks from wherever, whether they make them remains to be seen. I also think that something, and it's not a statistical thing. It's not something you can even really measure. Um, But I think I'm pretty like, I think this, this is a, team that's tournament ready not just because they they did it already in the Bahamas this year but because more there have been maybe one or two games this entire season where um, this team just had no fight in them despite their limitations I think that they've been scrappy that they do fight Um, and again that's that's those things are I mean those are intangible things that you can't really measure and I sound you know it sounds kind of corny to say quite frankly but um I look at this team and like I said, if again, it's a simple, like we keep trying to psychoanalyze like what's going on with this team. It's as simple as if they make their shots, they can beat anyone in college basketball. And if they don't, they could lose to anyone that they play um, from here on out. So again, it's hard to, I do think that the, the old phrase, you are what your record says that you are is a little bit overblown at times. But when I look at this team, it's a, a 19 and 12 team. It's a team that was 10 and 10 in conference play. Um, it just, to me, it just kind of goes towards the Dr. Jekyll and, and Mr. Hyde type team that this is. And I think I tweeted this out yesterday. I can't remember a Michigan team that when things have, when things look good is more fun to watch. And then when things look bad, it's, you know, some of the most brutal basketball that we've seen over the last five or six years. So, um, and before we, uh, I want to take a look at this Big Ten tournament. We got to take a break, but one final point is I was watching that game yesterday and I was watching like Ayala and Anthony Cohen Jr. Michigan doesn't really have anyone that can create their own shot and be able no. to make, shot, make a shot consistently like those two were able to do. Correct. They just don't have it. They don't have a Mar. They don't have a Mo out there. So that's that's one thing I think that they're really lacking. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back on Brewcast, you guys want to uh, you want to pick the Big Ten tournament, make some predictions. Let's do it. All right, let's do that next on Brewcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back in on Brewcast. Luke Yardy, Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani as we wind down and head into conference tournament play. Uh, Selection Sunday is going to be here before we know it, and I am getting excited about it. So let's talk about the 2020 Big Ten Men's Basketball Tournament. Let's make some predictions. Anthony, I'll start with you. How do you see this tournament uh, shaping up? Yeah, well, I think we kind of alluded to it earlier. I think whoever comes out of it, I think the top half of the bracket is wide open. I think that any of those, any of Michigan, Rutgers, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois playing on Sunday would not surprise me at all, which uh, is everyone except for the Wednesday team. So I don't, I don't know who's who the team is going to be there. Um, if you're asking me to make a pick, I kind of am feeling, I'm kind of buying the hype on. Um, I totally blanked out here. I kind of think this is going to be a tournament that's going to be dictated by individuals breaking out. And when I look at who the best player in the conference is, to me, it's Luca Garza. So if you're asking me who comes out of that top half of the bracket, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little off the board here. I'm going to pick Iowa to be playing on Sunday. And then when I look at that bottom half, um, I don't know right now how it's not Michigan state. Uh, You know, despite I think Maryland when when Maryland is right, to me, that's the best. That's the most talented team in the conference. Uh, but I think with Michigan State, with what you're getting out of Cassius Winston, obviously, I think he's got one more fu run to college basketball left in him. Um, and and Rocket Watts is starting to play like extremely well. They've been kind of they've needed that third guy. It's just been Winston and Xavier Tillman all year, and now Rocket Watts is coming on. I like them as much as anyone in college basketball at the moment. Um, but I, I do think, you know, I think the double buy is going to be more important for teams like Michigan State and Maryland because I think that I'm kind of just going to chalk those teams into Saturday because I think they, they are far and away the two best teams on that side of the bracket. Um, so I think it will be fairly chalk there. I, I'm going to pick Michigan State to play into Sunday. Um, I'm going to go a little bit off the board and pick Iowa to play on Sunday. And I think that Michigan State will win the Big Ten tournament. Um so that's my pick there. We're, we're actually really close, Anthony. I will say if there, because every year, you know, there's one team that makes a Cinderella run in this tournament. We've seen it be Michigan several times, uh, which has been uh, phenomenal and always fun. Uh, this is going to be a surprise from people because I have a uh, a bit of a, a a documented contempt for this basketball program. I think Indiana got a pretty solid draw. Okay, Nebraska is quite possibly the worst Big Ten team I've ever seen. They're going to blow their doors off in game two, and if they don't, Archie, Mer- Archie Miller will be fired by before they get on the bus. Um, <laughs> Penn State looks, outside of a three-point barrage in the first half against Michigan State, has looked like absolute garbage gutter trash for the last two weeks. I mean, they, they looked completely miserable against Northwestern. Northwestern stinks and they couldn't make a shot. Lamar Stevens uh, looks like is playing like a freshman all of a sudden. He can't make a shot. 
So getting them in that second game, I think Penn State probably peaked in early February, late January. I think they might be, uh, they'll make the tournament, but uh, I, I don't like their chances to make it uh, far deep in the Big Ten tournament. So I think Indiana might win two games, um, which I will probably make some of their fans angry because it might mean that Archie will get to keep his job. <laughs> I like Michigan State at the bottom half of the bracket. I think they got a good draw. They'll beat Ohio State again. You bring up Watts, obviously, Henry playing a lot better. They have the best defender in the Big Ten and maybe the best defender in the country in, in Xavier Tillman, and it's an absolute joke. He didn't make the Naismith uh, semifinalist for Defensive Player of the Year. That dude is a brick wall. Wesson was had a miserable day yesterday. I, th- I do think the winner of that 4-5 matchup between Iowa and Illinois will make the, the conference uh, tournament championship. I still just I still just have serious doubts about Iowa's inability to play defense. Now, Luca Garza is spectacular, been player of the year. But I think Illinois, for like, man, over 10 years, was severely lacking in, co- in basketball. They, were, they had become a non-factor, essentially. And I think Brad Underwood, while not winning Coach of the Year and probably didn't deserve to win Coach of the Year, that program to me has the highest upside of any of the the three guys that were kind of in the running between Greg Gard, Steve Pike on him. That program finally has a true identity. I think Ayo Desumu is uh, an elite star, and I think he's going to show up here in this conference tournament. I think he's going to get them to the finals, and they're going to have a rematch with Michigan State. Michigan State's already beaten them twice. The second time, a great game in Champaign. And uh, I think I think Sparty wins it. You know, you don't you don't want to. We hate doing that as as Michigan people here, but no one in the conference is playing better than them right now, and nobody has for about two weeks. I think the the second half of the Iowa game completely turned their season around, and um, they're playing at an extremely high level. I think they come out of this with a conference championship, and will probably end up with uh, probably the best two seed like they did last year. So here's how I see it all. Uh, playing out here in the Big Ten men's basketball tournament. At the top half of the bracket, I think Michigan gets by Rutgers on Thursday. I think they get by Wisconsin on Friday uh, to go into the semifinals. I think Minnesota takes down Northwestern, then loses to Iowa. I have a tough time with this one. I think Iowa is going to be just a little bit better uh, than Illinois to go into that other semifinal. I think Ohio State beats Purdue, and I think Indiana beats Nebraska. Um, I think Penn State is going to squeak by Indiana before running into a buzzsaw in Maryland and a kind of a revamped team. Uh, I've, I'm close to taking Ohio State because that senior day, like Michigan State doesn't lose on senior day. I think True. it's going to be a completely different game uh, if they meet in the Big Ten tournament. Like if you see it right now, Ken Palm has Michigan State at number seven and Ohio State at number eight. That's still a good Buckeye squad. I just, I don't think they have enough. I love experience and good guard play uh, come this time of year, and that's why Cassius is going to put them over the top, setting up a great rematch with Maryland. So in the Michigan-Iowa game, I actually think Iowa is going to get the better of Michigan in that one. I uh, I just think offensively they're going to be a little too good. Luca Garza has just, he's been a Wolverine killer, man. You know, I, I just I don't think they'll have an answer for them. I think they'll move on to Sunday. I think Michigan State does get by uh, Maryland in another close game, and I do think uh, Michigan State will take the conference tournament because it is a wins Big Ten tournaments, man. It just well, let me just <laughs> let me 
so we've been doing this would be year three of us doing we're heading into year three because i think when we started the three of us doing this was about this time of year it was exactly it was exactly this time yep and i think every year all of us have picked michigan state to win the big 10 tournament Chris, seems- Chris, Chris picked Michigan the first year we did it. That was when they won it back to back. So I, I'll give Chris some credit there. Did I, did I really? Or one of you two. It might have been Anthony. One of you said this is a Michigan podcast. One of us has to pick Michigan. And I, that, then that they ended up like, I don't think I was that smart. That was that was year one. That was me. Sorry, Chris. It was Anthony. All right. I knew it was someone. But I think we both. I think we all picked Michigan and Michigan. They were Michigan and Michigan State were kind of on a crash course. Yeah. To meet yeah. again last year. Um, obviously didn't. I mean, didn't go the way. But I think both of those teams. That damn kinda, Matt McQuaid. Yeah. <laughs> they both of those teams kind of rolled through that tournament. Um, if I remember my. Actually, Michigan probably should have lost to Iowa in that opening game. Not yeah, in that was a, no. We're talking last year. Yeah. Last year, they I'm pretty sure they played Iowa in the in the first because Michigan got the double bye and they probably should have lost to Iowa in that opening game. I don't remember because that was the nine o'clock game and my brain was kind of fried by then. But let, let's you know, let's 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 look it up. Let's, let's I remember get it right. in, in 2018, just to kind of fill the dead air here in 2018, when they were the five seed, they played Iowa in the first game and lost. Oh, and no. won it over. OK, maybe that. Well, OK, for some reason, I thought that was last year. So, OK, you're right. So it was two years ago. Yeah, I thought I thought last year they kind of rolled in their first two yeah, years. Yeah, they did. They did. So I was thinking two years ago. Okay. Well, I don't need to look it up then. You guys talked it through. I'm proud of you. Thank so you. Proud. Um, yeah, just to recap for last year, 74-53 win over Iowa. Uh, 76-49 just ass-kicking of Richard Patino and Minnesota. And then 65-60 loss to Michigan State in the game that almost made me miss the train back home. So, um, yeah, that's how things went last year. Again, honestly, nothing would surprise me here. I I wouldn't be surprised to be talking about Michigan playing on Saturday, potentially Sunday. But I really just – I think when you look at just how nuts the parity in the league has been, I really just think those those double-buy teams – I think are really at more of an advantage than than maybe years past here. So I almost get like the old Big East tournament vibes from this year. Yeah. Yeah. And that was yeah. again, I think Big East like obviously we're younger guys and, and Big East the Big East isn't what it used to be, but I think Big East tournament and I think Kemba Walker and Yukon four games oh, yeah. in four days. Or uh, the or yeah. the Johnny Flynn six overtime game with Syracuse and Yukon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I look at let's just I mean real quick here. Kemba Walker four wins four days. Let look at these teams. Are there any of those type of guys on any of these teams playing Thursday? Michigan, maybe Franz Wagner, maybe Isaiah Livers. Uh, maybe I, I Garza. Mean, yeah, Garza would definitely be a candidate be there. Yeah. Geo Baker from Rutgers. You know, maybe he goes nuts. I don't see anyone on Purdue. Um, I don't really see anyone on Ohio State and Penn State. Obviously, you have Lamar Stevens, uh, so that's kind of those would kind of be your candidates for that. Um, again, I, I wouldn't like you. Luke said maybe Indiana wears a, wins a pair of games. Um, I think they'll get through Wednesday, but I think all those Wednesday teams will be off the board when we're talking when when it's Friday. So um, yeah, I don't know. Um, 
the most Kemba Walker player in this conference plays for Michigan State, and they don't play until Friday. So right. we'll right. see what happens. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, fortunately, we will no longer be there. So uh, I will be watching the games either from the comfort of my home or from Ray Fisher Stadium uh, as Michigan baseball kicks off the home slate of games. Well, so Well, let's march, boys. Anthony, yeah, where can we find march. you on social media, my man? Find me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. You can follow the website on Twitter at Maze and Brew. Get our, we've got a podcast tab on the website now. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and Megaphone, as well as the hub to our shows right there on the site. Uh, there will be a recruiting podcast uh, next, whenever our next show is. Uh, Jared and Andy will be off this week, but I'm going to see if maybe, depending on how things shake out, We'll do some post-game reaction pods for the Big Ten tournament. So, and we'll do those for every tournament game uh, moving forward. So, excite! I, I love this time of year and, and sports betting. You could start doing it at the casinos in Detroit on Wednesday. I am pumped for that. Um, obviously, for entertainment purposes only. I'm not, you know, not not uh, skewing anyone one way or another. But yeah, it's a good. It's it is the most wonderful time of the year. Go put a little on Michigan national champion future there, Anthony. Sure. Dude, I, I, my friends can. I don't know if I can, but my yeah. friends certainly can. Chris, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. There you'll find the links to a lot of things. You know, My Snapchat is the same as my Twitter handle. I also uh, host my own Tigers podcast, Locked on Tigers. You can follow that account at Locked on Tigers as well. Got one of those coming out every day, Monday through Friday. So please listen to those. Listen to those the closer we get to the regular season. And if you want to see me on Instagram, that's Chris Castle 95. That's C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-T-L-E-9-5. So please follow me on all of those platforms. And if you want you to give, see him in the Spartan uh, crowd, you can see that hanging in the lure. That was a, uh, it's a great picture. All time photo. It's a great picture. Yeah. You, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Go give me a follow on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the Brewcast Show Twitter page at Brewcast Show and uh, subscribe, review, wherever you get your podcasts. You know, leave a review. Give us hopefully five stars, but if you don't think we deserve it, I understand. But make sure you do it. Google, Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is, wherever you find your podcast, uh, go and check that out. All righty, for Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.